signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Hey everybody, this is the Fanboy Planet Podcast. I'm Derek McCott, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and producing from the undisclosed location somewhere in San Jose, we call the Brett Cave. I am Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. I, I'm imagining a moment where like a whole bunch of people stand up and go, no, I am Rick Brett Snyder, yeah. and we just have a real Spartacus moment They're outside. at, at yeah. PodFest. Yeah. Um, which we've never been to. But anyway, hey, uh, so this is, I'm going to say, uh, the last podcast of 2022, and because uh, I know we're going to be wrapped up in holiday stuff, and we're not actually going to do our, our usual gift recommendations, so I do want to say that uh, part of it was I was just thinking, man, I got everything I want, and I'll bet you do too. And the only thing I'd Pretty say is, is like, you know, this is the time of year I start looking at, well, what 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 food uh, soup kitchens or you know food banks can yes. I donate to and to and what other um, you know what other charities that uh, that we love the nonprofits that we love and certainly by the way you know Ukraine could still like uh, Doctors Without Borders definitely would be my big one this year is uh, going to donate to that because they're doing uh, what I do not laughingly call the lord's work over in ukraine so uh you know think about that because i'm sure you're going to buy enough for your own stocking i i do too so uh how about the cbldf cbldf uh i think they have recovered from their bad publicity they've got a whole new board and a whole new director and uh i think they're doing great work yeah and uh and of course i would say uh i want to say i always why i default to actor which was the old name of it the hero the one that takes care of uh yeah um no and and so i i do have to say also because it's been on my mind this week is i i'm going to admit man my uh my memory is not what it was i i rescind my uh i give up my title of zorlak because i don't know if it was covid i don't think i made a big deal out of it i but i did catch covid uh and I know that memory uh, problems are a problem with it. And I've definitely been feeling that the last few months. So please do not scream at your device if I forget a name uh, of, a, of something you know I should, uh, uh, that I should remember because I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm just not remembering those much. So my apologies. I'm still making the connections. I'm still smart. Don't you get me wrong. But I should also say, of course, that if we talk about something, and we might on this podcast, that you would like to buy for your very own self. Uh, you know, I've discovered that having the Amazon link uh, app on my phone is the, a very dangerous thing to have. <laughs> uh, when somebody says, have you read this book? Well, not yet. 
click. Uh, you know, so uh, we, we do talk about that. We are an Amazon affiliate. Uh, purchases I make on Amazon don't count, but purchases you make on Amazon through a search box or links on the Fanboy Planet website might actually uh, result in revenue for us, and we would appreciate that, uh, certainly, as well as, yeah, if you want to join the conversation, we're going to talk about a couple different topics today. And I think it. I think they both will engender a lot of uh, discussion between us, but also people will probably want to weigh in. So by all means, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. That's E-D-I-T-O-R at fanboyplanet.com. Or follow us on Facebook, which is Fanboy Planet. We're still on Twitter at Fanboy Planet. Instagram at Fanboy Planet. And I think that's where it ends. Uh, once again... The Temptations to Join TikTok, uh, I don't have the time. So, uh, let's get to it. You know, Rick, you pointed this story out to me a couple of weeks ago, and I don't mean to, I, I, I didn't mean to be dismissive. It was more like, well, I don't play this, but then I saw it on CNN, uh-huh. and, and I thought, really? Like, this, I, I mean, it is important to those who play the game, Uh but you know that it made national news and that it's definitely uh, endemic to our uh, I, I think overall uh, the country's financial health it, it, uh, in a way because stock has slid for this company. Um, we're talking about Magic the the Gathering and Hasbro, the current owners of this was Magic started by Wizards of the Coast. Yes, it was okay. Wizards of the Coast. And they were a separate company. Nobody owned them. That's what I they, thought. They and owned then, nobody. They did actually. They did a role playing game as well. Ars Magica. And were they Hero Clicks as well? No, WizKids no, was that's Hero Clicks. Yeah. But I think they're all now owned by Hasbro, right? Uh, uh, I don't know about WizKids. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. But at any rate, uh, you know. So as, as I was saying, Rick, you're, you're, you're getting you're getting HeroScape is owned by Hasbro. That's it. That's yeah. it. I well, what I do know is, Rick, you were in it, in at Magic at the beginning. Right. Uh, I have played it. I think I lied to you earlier. I might have played it twice. I think I played it <laughs> once with Michael Goodson, and I played it once with Michael Goodson taught me so I could play with one of my nephews. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, I, I believe I have played Magic twice, maybe three times. I might have been to three, but never at dusk. Never at dusk. Anyway, um, so. Magic the Gathering, Hasbro now being owners, explain this. I'm not even going to, I can't even huh. give the background. And I, it's, uh, it's gone around a bit. I won't go through the whole, uh, Wizards of the Coast has been bought, like, it was originally bought by um, uh, the guys who do Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was TSR, but TSR, that's... TSR, TSR. And then TSR was bought by Hasbro. Um, mm, yeah, I, I don't think I've left anything out there. I think it was just those two phases. Uh, but they've always been, they aren't necessarily, uh, from a creative standpoint, uh, run that much by Hasbro. They, I believe they're still a semi, semi autonomous, uh, development organization at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've, they've, they've usually stayed away from, uh, making bad, <laughs> bad moves. Uh, the, for years and years and years, there would be about four expansions a year uh, to to it. I've lost track of how many. I I stopped buying them on a regular basis about ten years ago. Uh, but I started with Alpha at Comic Con, not Comic Con, at uh, WorldCon. 
Mm-hmm. And I, they were, they were from the beginning, they were hard to get a hold of. They, they get a shipment onto the floor of the dealer's room at Worldcon and they'd be gone. They would just immediately gone. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pause for a second and say I would, I credit magic with saving a lot of comic shops. I can remember mm-hmm. talking yeah. to the big guy back in the nineties when magic's started going into shops and, and he was selling mana and he told me, you know, it, that magic saved him. Yeah. He, it it was, wasn't something he understood well himself, but he understood that he had customers that wanted to play. Even, even dealers had, had difficulty at times getting the product to sell and they'd sell out immediately. Cause people, this is one of those things where a product gets distributed in boxes. Um, you know, when you, when you buy books or you buy albums or whatever, they come to the store in a box and magic's boxes are called booster boxes because they're typically a mm-hmm. rectangular box maybe about nine inches by five inches by three inches with a booster rocket attached yes okay. but the inside of it are are uh are little packets of i think like 11 or 12 cards that you would buy now for five six bucks uh and in those would be random, semi-randomized cards. It's kind of important to understand how that works for later on. But um, it was it was typical that people didn't even buy the individual packets. They just buy booster boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, a hundred, two hundred dollars, depending upon the set. You know, that you'd be buying these from, and that that's still the way that most most real collectors do. And then they sit there for an hour or so, just opening pack after pack and sorting out the cards. As you know, the typical got it, got it, need it, got it, you know, kind of, uh, kind of distribution. <laughs> but there's a, there's a rarity in, um, in magic. And the rarity is typically in one of those boosters, there's one rare card. And then there's a handful of uncommon cards. And then there are several common cards as well, making up the total of whatever the, uh, the number is in that pack. Mm-hmm. So the rares are the ones that typically, are the ones that make you the big money. The first rare was a, called the Black Lotus. And it was one of those cards that, it was wrong, but in general, people thought, you know, if you could get this card in your hand in your first your first draw, you were going to win the game because it gave you three mana right off the bat, which gave you a possibility of just launching characters at your at your opponent. So that's that was in a set called Alpha. And Alpha was was then shortly afterwards repeat, re, reprinted as Beta, and so those were the first two kind of unthemed decks. And ever since then, they've been themed. The you know the Knights Arabian Nights Ice. You know, there was an Ice themed. Boy, it's been a while, but they have uh, they've they've had some that have been like almost Universal Studios monsters. You know, the vampires and, mm-hmm. and werewolves and such. And they they go through phases. And they trying to they they may have an arc over a couple of releases. One of the complaints that's been happening lately is that uh, Hasbro, it seems, has been pushing more product out the door, and it's been hard for for. Um, I don't think there's any casual collector. No, they're casual collectors to just just buy a little bit of something and have a, enough cards in that set to get some of the synergy that's built in between these cards. So the thing that you're referring to was the 30th anniversary 
box of Magic the Gathering commemorative cards. Now, these are cards that were made, quote-unquote, not to be played. And there's a couple reasons why that's true. The backs of the cards, since the first set, the backs of the cards have all been the same. So you can you could play and put these cards in a deck and you wouldn't be able to tell by the back of the card what set it was from. In tournament play, they usually require that you put sleeves on it so you can't even see the back of the cards to make sure that the cards aren't marked or anyway. Mm, um, okay. The 30th anniversary edition has a back on it that is very different from the standard back. It's It's got a picture of a Black Lotus on it, and it says 30th anniversary edition. But it's still, you're, you, you can get some of these really super rare cards. For $1,000, for $1,000, you get four boosters. So in those four boosters, you get 60 cards. So you break that down, it's $250 a booster or $17 a card. And a lot of these are super common cards. And some of them aren't even really considered useful in, the, in play today. But when this thing went up for sale it, online, it didn't last an hour. They, were, they sold out entirely. It was a limited run. And they sold out. I don't even know what they're going for in the black market or on the on the secondary market right now. Yeah, but it's it's typically you get people. There are people who have, well, we'll we'll call them rich people, who have children who have lots of money, <laughs> and they will spend whatever that it takes to get the stuff. So that's that's the controversy in a nutshell is. Why did they bother doing reprinting these cards that they said they would never reprint? Um, and they 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 have reprinted some of them in other sets, but uh, you know a Black Lotus, uh, an original uh, Magic the Gathering back Black Lotus right now. This is it's kind of shocking, but the Black Lotus right now is reported to sell for between five and. $50,000, and I'm sure that has to do with condition, whether it was played or not. So that. let me ask a question. Did you own a Black Lotus, and did you sell it? I, okay, I bought, I can't remember when it was, but they came out with a set of the, they came out with another set a long time ago, and I'm surprised it's not been any in any of the articles I've read, because they had reprinted all these cards before in a, in a boxed set. It was, it was like a little, um, like a card, like something would hold maybe 200 okay. cards. I think we need to jump to the conclusion though. I okay. mean, the, it, the issue is, all right, so they've just reprinted it again. It's selling, but it, but it sounds like it's a little more, uh, it's still not like common, uh, you can't go out and buy this and you can't, you, you know, you can't buy it anymore f- except from a collector who's going to be charging you oh, probably 10, 20 times as much as it costs him to get it. And, and so the large, com- larger complaint though, is that it's reduced the value of play of the, uh, if someone has it. The larger complaint is that people are just complaining. Uh, it can't, it can't possibly have hurt the value of an actual black Lotus. However, off, it, however, like many companies, Hasbro's stock has slid, yeah. and some are pointing to it 
to this issue as one of the reasons why that they are ruining the uh, perceived <laughs> yeah. value of these hard to find cards by having them not be not as hard to find. And yet it sounds to me still pretty damned expensive. Yeah. It's like, I mean, is your first edition of, uh, uh, Oh, I don't know. Action yeah. comics. Number one. Yeah. Okay. Is, it, when they, when they come out with a facsimile edition of your action comics, 21, uh, number one, does that reduce the value of the original Action Comics number one? Well, no, because the facsimile edition says it costs four ninety nine, right? And the original well, says it's no, time. no, because and that's the same thing. These are not perfect copies of that's it. That's good. I you would can't also say my it. Action Comics number one is oversized. Yes. in a gold frame. I uh, think I, I don't have that. I have the one that was. Uh, I don't actually have that. I had the hardcover Wiz number two oh, okay. uh, that was the big oversized facsimile. The Treasury edition I had. Yeah, I guess they call. I guess they were comments. calling them Treasury editions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the short of it is, did it ruin the value of prior cards? Man, probably in the same way as certain movies have ruined my childhood. You know, it's like people complain. Uh, I don't. I don't get it because you can't. This is not going to get snuck into a, a tournament, and the card isn't even even accepted in tournament play. It's just something you're going to put on the shelf. Okay. See, I, I feel like this is a story that developed. Like when you first told me about it, it was definitely people complaining that it was yes. devaluing. And now it seems like maybe some cooler heads have prevailed, but it does point no, to, I, you know, as right. we're talking about facsimiles, I, you know, or, or collectibles in general, a tie in here as well is that I've been reading, uh, cause I don't know why I do this for fun or really cause it sort of ties into my job is that, uh, Funko has had a drop and, you know, it's been my joke for years at conventions when you go and you see a dealer where literally their booth is walls and walls right of and, and by the way i'm also describe that is also how you describe uh jason salazar's adjunct to the house is uh he has a, a complete uh two-bedroom built entirely out of funko boxes yes. uh you know so <laughs> Uh, I, I ref it's, it's also used for insulation in the regular house. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I've seen that 100%. Um, you know, and, and so my thing it, it has always been like, man, that's when we know the economy is hosed is when Funko collapses. And, uh, because so many people have invested so hard and it, it, it's just interesting, I guess to say before the holiday season, or we are in the holiday season, people you know just like what you like enjoy because i was saying like i think you and i have both been said like yeah we don't buy funkos and then i started like thinking about how many i actually have and i'm like oh i do kind of have 20 and then i was with a friend i was uh on a zoom call with a friend in in arizona who said you know like the last time i'd been on a zoom call with him he had like five funkos behind him he now has 200 <laughs> And it was, I, it was still kind of the, like, it's just insidious. You see a character you like and you buy it. And then you go, oh crap, I have a lot of Funkos. I so, have, I have 12 and they're all out of the boxes and they're sitting on shelves in poses near books that they'd be related to. And that's it. Sure. Sure. But I think that in all of this, you have to say, you call it an investment and it's only an investment if you're actively trading and selling what you have. If, if you're not, if you're buying them and you're holding on to them because you love them and that, that's a collection, 
You're, it's the difference between investors and collectors. I am a collector. I refuse to be an investor. I don't. Yeah. I this will horrify anybody listening. I don't really take great care of my comics. If I love a story, I will buy the trade, preferably in hardcover, and put it on a shelf so that I yeah. know it'll it'll survive. But the original comics, a lot of them, I think it's partially because I don't know if you went through this with your son, but you know. When I was introducing my son to comics, and they, I wasn't buying two of them of each copy, I was just giving him the comics that I had that I thought he would like. And I feel the same way with toys. Like, uh, I know you're on a couple of groups uh, uh, on Facebook w- of interest groups, right? I, I won't mm-hmm. name them, uh, but I will name the one that I'm on that I know you're not, which is the uh, Mego group. And somebody mm-hmm. posted a photo of. They got the planet of the original Planet of the Apes uh, TV series figures uh, from the seventies that Mego had done, and they were still in the package. Oh my! And the guy said, "Like I paid this, and, you know, so I'm going to open them up, and I can't wait to play with them." And then somebody just ripped into him, like, "My God, why would you do that? The packages are so hard to find." And I'm like, "Because yeah, uh, he wanted the figure, and it's." I, I think about the, there, there's also I think this may still be Hasbro, uh, it, or it might be Mattel. No, I think it's Hasbro that does the Marvel Legends figures, and you know to save to to appear to be more ESG as they say, uh, ecologically sound. They've taken away. They're not doing the window boxes. They're all just solid boxes. And people are complaining, as you say, people complain just to complain, uh, that you can't see the quality of the figure inside. And I'm thinking, if you are complaining that you can't see the quality of the (laughs) figure inside, you're the person that would have been buying it and not opening it anyway. Just trust us. The figure's in there, you know. Uh, (laughs) You can hear it. It'll rattle. Um, But I just don't. You know, I, I I don't buy that way. Every Mego I buy, since that's a revived company, and I and I I'm so excited by it. Every Mego I buy, I I open up them and I bought stands and I have them around my office. And uh, I do want to say I'm not sure exactly when they're dropping, but they're doing for the 50th anniversary of the company, new World's Greatest Superheroes in the boxes the way they were originally in 1973, and. I couldn't be happier because it's like, well, yeah, I can open it up. I can put it back and store it in the box, just like I did when I was a kid. I'd play with them and I'd put them back in the boxes Yeah. until my mom made me throw away the boxes. And yes, granted, devalued all of my Mego figures by at least $500 a piece now. Uh, you know, so, well. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, then they came out with the bubble pack stuff with the, you know, and uh, you card. couldn't. The blister card. card. We call Carded. it blister cards. Blister cards. I don't like that that phrase, but uh, you know, uh, they in the uh, collecting genre. It's it, it's called they are. It's still carded. Yes, it's still on the card. Yes, well, mint on card. The, uh, yeah. You've gone to blast from the past in in uh, Burbank. Yes, they do a comedy show once a month called Mint on Card Comedy, oh, and cool. uh, yeah, it's real. It, it is very cool, but you know, it's just funny. Yeah, they they. We know the terminology. We're yeah. good with it. I mean, you know, so if anybody has an opinion on this with magic, again, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I, like I said, I, I, I wasn't in, the, in that. I, I did stand in line a couple times at Comic-Con. I also, you know, I, I know his story keeps changing. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> you know, because I had a nephew who asked me, like, would you get these for 
planes we said planeswalkers right. something there'd be like four exclusive cards every yes. summer and uh so i think like three years in a row i bought them for him and but i never you know i don't know what he did with them i just gave them to him and he you know he came out of his his spider hole and and got you know grabbed <laughs> the cards and went back into the darkness Slid back in yeah uh, and if if any of those relatives listen they know they know exactly which nephew that is, and and they're laughing. Uh, you know, it's 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 true, and uh, you know, so I yeah I, I don't know I I I find myself by the way you know like and, and I also instinctively buy exclusives at at Comic Con, and then because everything gets mailed later, I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah. You know, uh, I have a Dr. Mindbender G.I. Joe uh, that was from this past summer and it came in and I'm like, it's nice. Why? Do you have any other G.I. Joes? Uh, I might still have the original Snake Eyes I bought when it first came out, but okay. but that's it. I just yeah. thought, well, if there is a G.I. Joe I'd like, it's funny to me. Dr. Mindbender is a funny t- thing, you know, and they had that with a black series Boba Fett. So, of course, I got the Boba Fett, but, you know, it. it but I just kind of like go... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, so let you know. Let's let's move forward to the to the other topic because I, I know that you, you want to get onto some other things tonight too for your <laughs> life. Um, is that you know we I think we did touch on the last time we recorded. We knew that James Gunn and Peter Safran had been named as heads of yeah. uh, co heads of DC Studios, and there has been. I mean, it's. You know, I, I'm not saying it's funny. It's just been the back and forth with uh, with Dwayne Johnson. They are arguing public. Well, Dwayne Johnson is arguing publicly. Yeah. James Gunn is not that uh, whether or not Black Adam made any money, which by the time this episode drops, has probably been on HBO Max. But but watch it quickly because it may go away forever. Uh, you know, it's like the Main Street Electrical Parade with uh, with Warner Brothers these days. Uh, that you know, it might be a better tax write off. I don't know, and then no one will ever to speak of Black Adam again. And uh, but of course, the big thing—it's not a spoiler at this point. Everybody knows at the end uh, post credit scene or mid credit scene of Black Adam, Henry Cavill stepped back in as Superman and said, "We got to talk." Uh, there was the promise of greater sequels. It was announced this week that. That is probably not true at all. Uh, and I, I have pulled up Henry Cavill's post on uh, Instagram, and I will share, share that. He had just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman after being told by the studio who announced my return back in October prior to their hire. This news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard that something that is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. For those who have been on my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit, but then we must remember Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists, and the examples he sets for us are still there. My turn to wear the cape has passed, but what Superman stands for it never will. It's been a fun ride with you all, onwards and upwards. And I am saddened in a little bit, because we've talked about this, that I think uh, Henry Cavill never got the chance to portray Superman the way he wanted to. Right. I think at heart, Henry Cavill absolutely understand, understood who that character was, and he was never put in a film that sh- that was that character. You know, I... Please don't go back and listen to our uh, Man of Steel uh, 
<laughs> review. First episode? Uh, no, no. The first episode oh, I Superman ever did was Returns. Superman Returns, yeah. which was another one where I thought Brandon Routh really, you know, he was stuck portraying, doing, being forced to do a, a, a Christopher Reeve impersonation, which is right. not a bad thing necessarily, but he never got to be the, you know, the modern he was stuck in one interpret somebody else's interpretation. Right. Henry Cavill, say what you will about Joss Whedon's version of Justice League, and I will say what I will about it. Uh, but at least there is one scene marred by a, a CG digitally erased mustache, um, in which Superman actually Henry Cavill gets to be the way he wanted to play Superman for like thirty seconds, and it's the uh, pre-credit scene in Joss Whedon's version. Uh, uh-huh. Best thirty seconds out of both versions of that film and of hours and hours. hours and hours. So I recommend watch the Joss Whedon version for 30 seconds, then run. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as fast as the flash, which by the way, uh, they've, they've moved up the Flash's release date by a week. And I, I think at this point, I'm sorry to make this joke, but it's true. They, they got to make sure that is that they have at least one month of release before their lead actor is uh, imprisoned. So, uh, she can go on promotional tours. Uh, it's um, at the same time from the Warner Brothers camp, they announced that James Gunn is writing the next Superman film. That uh, he said that he had had the conversation with Henry Cavill, and I think it's great that they actually met with him, explained. And the other thing that Henry Cavill didn't say, because I do understand he doesn't really know the details yet, is that James Gunn said. We want to find another place for him in the DC universe. And I think that's really cool. I don't know what he'll play. I have this really weird hope, uh, and maybe you'll dig it too, is after reading Tom King's Human Target series, which Uh is, I don't know if you're reading it, but it's one of my top comics of the year. Okay. And, And like, oh my God, Henry Cavill would make a great, adaptation of tom king's version of the human target and it involves the justice league and so it could still be it's an it would be an interesting tour through whatever their new vision of these characters are uh james gunn wants to tell a a story earlier in superman's career uh, as the cub reporter which i will also admit uh, the Snyderverse, which I'm going to, st- I, I also draw a line in the sand here. I'm going to stop calling it the Snyderverse because I'm tired of people like saying, you know, restore the Snyderverse. Well, they did. Uh, they did. <laughs> you know, they did. And it, but, but also. <laughs> I'd love to run into somebody who's still yelling that. Uh, there are. That's oh, the yeah? same thing to me. Um, and it's probably, it's probably a small, but vocal a minority, but I don't like to call it the Snyderverse. What we owe, and I, I wrote this up maybe a year or two ago, it's on Fanboy Planet, we do owe Zack Snyder for some spot-on casting and that we might not have thought was spot-on, you know, if you didn't see the movies or whatever, you know, but like Jason Momoa as Aquaman, not who I would have pictured, but I enjoyed him. Right. Yes. So, Great. But the things I enjoyed him in as Aquaman most, that was James Wan. It wasn't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't Zack Snyder. So let's stop giving Zack Snyder that much power. He had great casting. Gal Gadot, absolutely. Wonder Woman 3 has apparently been canceled. Someday we will know the truth. They That one's been argued back and forth a little bit. Uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran have been above it. Uh, you know, that... Uh, it, it is a she said, he said kind of thing right now. 
it doesn't matter. Um, we just know it's not moving forward. Is Gal Gadot going to continue as Wonder Woman? Don't know. There's rumor that they want to move Jason Momoa after the Lost Kingdom to, uh, they don't want to move forward with Aquaman, but they do want him to be Lobo. Now, that's a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. But Jason He Lobo, would be an awesome He Lobo. would be an awesome Lobo. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. you know, did so. you, did you watch, you, you did watch, um, Nemo, Slumberland. Slumberland. Yeah. Yeah. And that he's, he's halfway to, to Lobo and that. Yeah. Character. He's not really flip. No. He's, he's Lobo. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I dug it. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, it's one of those things, Jason Momoa. I enjoy, he's a movie star. You know, it, it's it, it's the same thing. I, I Did we talk about another actor that way already? But, you know, I think Jason Momoa is a movie star. And what I mean by that is Jason Momoa is always Jason Momoa. His personality just kind of changes rhythm a little bit to whatever character he's playing. So, you know, at his most, at his largest, he'd kill as Lobo. Let's see it. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And I don't care that he was Aquaman. I can put that aside because, you know, my wife argued with me on this point. And I said, no, Chris Evans was Captain America and the Human Torch. Yes, they were different studios, but they're still both, uh, you know, they're both Marvel properties. I accepted him as both. He's also in The Losers for Warner Brothers. Uh, nobody knows who that character was, but he was, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm down. James Brolin, how many uh, you know, Marvel characters he played and Jonah Hex? I know, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say Jonah <laughs> Hex. We're not supposed to say that it movie existed. But, you know, uh, I, it, it's... There's a good 30 seconds in that movie. I don't know which good 30 seconds I, it is. But I, it's I, not all together. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, I've seen Jimmy Palmiotti, who had you know wrote the new 52 version of Jonah Hex, and I think uh-huh. some earlier stuff, said, man, that film is so bad it made... It it made the property toxic, like yeah. they will not reprint it. You know his work, and that is a shame because those new new fifty two Jonah Hex books you can probably find some trades, but they're not doing any omnibuses because they just don't think the interest is there, and that is a shame because Palmiotti did some fantastic work on oh, yeah. Jonah Hex. Uh, you know, so anyway. Uh, there's that. In, in the comics, there hasn't been a bad run on on Jonah Hex. No, I would agree with you. I. I just said that very millennially. No, yeah. I agree. Uh, no, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's true. I what a great character. I and I was just reading something else where they were jumping around ta- time, and yeah. Jonah Hex again became. Oh, I think it's part of Dark Crisis uh, on Infinite Earths, and I don't know what reality is what. So again, if you're reading. If you read DC Comics, seeing Henry Cavill show up as another character is not going to be an issue on film. You know, my I, I think the sad thing is he probably left The Witcher so that he could be Superman again. Yeah, and then that's he, a shame. And then he lost that. And but, he really disappointed those fans. Yeah. So, but I get it. You know, he played where his heart really. I mean, he was yeah. dedicated to being Geralt. I know people, some people didn't like that. I have nothing against it. Again. Yeah. I don't know that character well. I enjoyed watching The Witcher. Okay, but I didn't play the games. I've never read the books. Uh, you know, but I, I thought there was a lot of potential in Superman. So now we get to play a casting game, right, of who's going to be that younger reporter. Because, again, oh when you jump from Man of Steel to Justice League or to Batman v Superman, we never really got that. Clark Kent learning to be a reporter, meeting all these characters for the first time. 
Uh, I think it could be fun. I think it could be interesting. I do want to also say that the reports are this does that still independently. J.J. Abrams is developing uh, a, a Superman film written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, which we think we think uh, would be co- would be dealing with the Van Z. I think was the name of the character on the in the Earth Two comics. Who was the Black Superman? Okay, so supposedly. Michael B. Jordan, well, he's definitely producing it. I don't know if he's going to star in it. He would be great. Uh, you know, or it would be that pre- I can't remember the name of the uh, 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 of the Superman who is uh, the president in the, uh, that Grant Morrison solidified uh, you know, in one of his alternate Earths who's, who was in uh, the Justice League Infinite. Um you know, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting things to be. And again, I also think that our audiences are uh, have evolved. I, I shouldn't say have evolved. We all, you know, comic book readers are always there. But I think the mainstream audiences, who, as I argue with or defend to many people, is many of them are not comic book readers and they never will be. But I think they've seen enough where they understand that there can be many different takes to a character. I mean, the one CW series that seems to have survived, uh, although it is, um, you know, no longer uh, officially the Arrowverse, uh, Superman and Lois, you know, I mean, there's that guy on TV still. Yeah. So great. And you watch the animated films, how many different takes on Superman are there? And uh, yeah, and I think they're slowly undoing, by the way, some of those different things that the crisis on infinite earths on the CW set, because there's rumors too, that, uh, star girl's going to show up on Titans, even though those were established as different earths. Were we going to, were we going to try and, uh, put forward our, our character choices, uh, our actor choices for Superman in this? Uh, I I didn't really think it through. (laughs) No, I got one. I got one right off the bat. Okay. Give it. Okay. So this guy, this guy, if you look at him, you know, you have to. I have to give him the the uh, Chris Pratt uh, benefit of the doubt because when Chris Pratt f- showed up in Guardians, he was or in in Jurassic Park, and he was not the character we saw on uh, on Parks and Rec. On yeah. Parks and Rec, right? So this, but this guy, he's got a face that it's it's got the right angles where you could go, yeah, he may have some alien DNA, but at the same time, he's kind of like smoking, and I think. He's got the curly hair too, Timothy Chalamet. Nope, hate that choice. You hate that choice? Why? I hate that choice because I don't like Timothy Chalamet. Oh, okay. Now, that is me personally. Yeah. Look, if you like him, that's one thing where I say I I don't mean to offend you. Uh, if I put that in print, I would guarantee you within a day I would have five emails yeah. saying how dare you not like Timothy Chalamet. But and it's just me. I you know I I don't know. He might be a really nice guy. Uh, he's playing Willy Wonka in a prequel that I also didn't think is necessary, but okay, maybe it'll turn out to be good. You know, at my age, uh, I, I said, I've just aged to a point that I, I, I don't care. He might be a good Superman. I just, he's slight. And well, that's what I'm saying. You know, if people can, people with enough time and motivation Seem to be able to build bodies out of nowhere. That is that is true. You make a really good point. Uh, you know, I have to think about that because I, I don't watch as many, um, you know, TV shows. Well, with, did with, you with see? Did you see Dune? 
Did you watch? I Dune? did watch Dune. Yeah, and he was I, fine I didn't, in that. But, I didn't think he was going to be a good Paul, you know, but he turned out to be a terrific. Well, Paul. but that's the problem, you know, that what I really want to see is a Kyle MacLachlan. I mean, you bring up somebody yeah. who should have been Superman. Uh, and he is. He's in The New Frontier. He voices Superman in that animated movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, uh, I, you know, I, I want somebody like that. And, I, and I'm just, I'm, I'm hard pressed to think of actors, uh, mainly because I don't know. Because I, I think that's maybe one of the things about Timothy Chalamet. And again, not his fault. Uh, that he is an actor who, like long ago, Matthew McConaughey felt like to me was, I was being told how great he was rather than being just let myself, you know, discover it because he was just all over the place and, you know, suddenly everywhere and in everything. And, you know, he's in Dune, he's Willy Wonka. He was uh, in that movie with Army Hammer um, and he was in Little Women. He was actually pretty good in Little uh-huh. Women. You know, I mean, he's not bad. I just don't think he's right for Superman. That is a character that I, I I'm not sure uh, I got to look at my CW casts. No, uh, I think I got to look at elsewhere. Like who, who are the other up and coming young actors? I mean, cause the other thing is, you know, we don't want too young, but you, you don't want, no, but he's going to play a cub. Yeah. If, if it's, if it's Clark Kent is a cub reporter, that guy's 23 or 24. Yeah. And, uh, so let's, let's see a guy who's 23 or 24. And I grant you for that. Timothy Chalamet would pass. I don't know if he's if he's that that young, but he's young. Um, and you know, I I, I don't know. I, I well, give us some thought. I, I I'm tempted to just say, have, have we heard? Has have all the TBD DC movies been canceled? Do we do we know? No, there's ton, no, there's a ton of them. No, let me I say. Mean, okay, what we do know is still coming out. Aquaman and the and the Lost, Lost Empire, Kingdom. Lost Kingdom which is good. I'll have fun. It's probably the last Aquaman movie, but that's okay. I don't yeah. need a trilogy for everything. Right, right. Um, Shazam. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I think uh, Zachary Levi made a very uh, funny comment, which is he's very good friends with James uh, Gunn and Peter Safran, which totally makes sense because he was running Nerd HQ for so long. And uh, he said, you know, if uh, if they cancel Shazam, I will I will never speak to them again. Our friendship is over. And I thought, yes, I know, I hear that twinkle in his voice. He is totally kidding. But, you know, I, I think it's a fun, different thing. And there's, you know, much to Dwayne Johnson's uh, regret, perhaps, is Black Adam isn't tied to Shazam now, thanks yeah. to Dwayne Johnson insisting that it should be a solo character. Yeah. And so... Uh, you know, because it'd be fun to watch those two characters. I mean, he's so bright and sunny. Oh yeah, but you um, know, I, I yeah. thought about this. The first Shazam movie ends uh, with a, a note about like there is an empty throne right. in, in Shazam's chamber, chamber, and I think it's a deleted version where like uh, the youngest character says, "Whoever it is, I know I'm going to love him," and and it's not how the movie ended theatrically, but it was in a it was an alternate take. And of course, you all. We I assumed it was going to be Black Adam, but then in the comics, uh, Jeff Johns gave a different explanation for who would have sat in that throne. And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're not written into a corner. They can continue to Sam without that. Right. Um, 
It is interesting. Apparently, Ben Affleck has had a meeting, but it's more because he wants to, he's in a better headspace, wants to direct a film for DC films. I mean, because I think he's a great filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, it is a, it is a sad, you know, that we lost the, the, his, his Batman direction. Um, But uh, Blue Beetle, they, they released, they released the poster, they released some plot details. Yeah. and I think that's going to be that's going to be a sleeper hit, and especially because the character's Mexican American, and one, I, well, under, I, I don't, I don't underrepresented think, to the max. I'm going to give you, as I've said before, it, let's just let's place uh, take take diversity aside for a second. Just talk about the character that yeah. redesign, Jaime, the redesign of Blue Beetle in that armor. There is. A generation that's now an adult, now are adults, and yep. there are kids today who absolutely love that design right. more than they ever loved Ted Cord's Blue Beetle. Sorry, Ted Cord fans, and I know if they were many. aware of it all. Yeah, because he looks like a Power Ranger, yeah. and every generation gets their Power Ranger, and they love those toys and to steal a word from marketers of Warner brothers. Cause they're the ones that coined it. It's toyetic. It is a perfect action figure. He looks cool. His powers are great. He talks to himself because the scarab is intelligent right, and only right. anybody and nobody right. else can hear it. Kids it's like a fun version of venom. Kids love that. And if they keep it to being family friendly, like I do think Shazam is, yeah. um, I I I won't even call it a sleeper. I mean, yes, I get it because most it's a sleeper of, because most of the most movie going populace don't know the character. Don't know the character. You are right, but from my perspective, it will not be a surprise at all if that is huge. See, I I think that again, it's the same thing. I think my my take on it was that Black Panther was a sleeper, that that there was no awareness of that character prior to that movie. Uh, I well, I'll argue that uh, yeah. because. Um, I, I think you didn't you're you don't mean, didn't mean to but you know overlook civil war that's where black panther actually showed up oh yeah but i can tell you 6 months before that before black panther opened and i went to see a movie in uh, at universal studios at the universal amc and the trailer for black panther dropped and uh-huh. it was shown before i don't remember what movie it was but the audience and I don't say this lightly. The audience went effing nuts. Right. The, the screaming, the hollering, the, you know, it, it's again, I don't pretend that in my bubble of, of paying attention, I don't know what the average person does or does not know. I mean, you know, Blue Beetle's been around a long time. And and then you know that every time a blue piece of blue beetle news drops, Steve Mix will say something about Ted Cord had better be in it, you know, yeah. and and you just go, okay, why? Yeah, you know, because sure, I love I, I love Ted Cord, I love Blue and Gold. I, that re- recent miniseries was yes. fun, you know. I, I I love Justice League International. I love the Bwahaha oh, yeah. style, yeah. but. I don't need you. To, I, I no longer need them to give my version. I will never get my version again. You know, uh, when they try and go back to that, now it falls flat. Yeah, because it's like why um, 
I do think, as much as I don't think it's as bad a movie as most people think, uh, you know, Green Lantern, it shouldn't have been Hal Jordan. And it shouldn't have been Hal Jordan because right. an entire generation had grown up watching Justice League, right. the cartoon, and thought it was Jon Stewart. Where's Jon Stewart? Yep. Even cut out. He's a deleted scene that he shows up in uh, in Green Lantern, and it's deleted. It's on the Blu-ray. Uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, that would have been, that was a cool thing. Uh, you know, I, we should, speaking of which, we should continue on the TBA, uh, DC movies because Green Lantern Corps is one of those movies. But it's been, no, it's a TV, it was a series for HBO Max and it's being completely retooled. Okay. So it is not canceled so far. Um, but it was originally an anthology that was going to, uh, focus on a lot of the different core. There would be John Stewart, but the big uh, Greg Berlanti's focus was going to be uh, uh, Guy Gardner. But there was a Alan Scott would appear. Uh, I think Baz was going to be there. I think Jessica uh, would have been there. And now it is John Stewart. That is the last thing I heard. Yeah. But yeah. I want to say that was that was week one of James Gunn and Peter Safran being heads of DC Studios. They've clearly laid out a plan that we are, rightfully people, not privy to at the moment. And so James Gunn announces, I'm writing Superman. This is what I want, the area of his life I want to focus on. Great. Am I still going to get a second season of Peacemaker? I think so. Uh, <laughs> you know, that because I, I definitely want that. Um so the, that's we know that DC uh, Strange Adventures was canceled. That was going to be on HBO, and that and that's not happening. Um, you know, but it's interesting because the other thing that came out of Warner Brothers uh, this week is I think you had even posted how you finished up watching the first half of season one of The Nevers, right? And then the day after you posted that, right? Uh, then they announced The Nevers will never be seen again. They and, said the Rick liked this one, so. Yeah. So it's dead. Uh, the, well, but the truth it's, it's off of HBO. No, so right. So that's the thing yeah. is, yeah. unlike Batgirl, the day after that, because, you know, you can't, I, it's like, we really shouldn't report on anything until a year after it happens, because then it's <laughs> absolutely, it happened that way. Uh, that apparently uh, David Zaslav is looking at creating a, oh, what do they call this now? Uh, a commercial network. I mean, again, streaming services have gone back to exactly why we went to, to this to before we had streaming services. Why we went to streaming services. Why people cut the cords. Now, now they're having free, free v, uh, c channels, and so either they're going to shop a, uh, the Nevers to one of those. Or uh, and, and Westworld too. I I watched the first episode of season four and stopped. I just didn't care. Uh, but I've heard it got better again in season four. I don't know. Um, but they're going to shop those around, which tells me also. Well, is there a way that means that Scooby Doo, the holiday movie that they did, um, you know, might still have life? I don't understand the tax implications because that's what it is. And you know what? With all the other streaming services fretting over profit, it's really only um, HBO Max that keeps destroying shows. You yeah. know, it, it, it's interesting. Netflix has canceled a couple, but other than 
I know this probably. I don't know if you had heard this. You know, they they shot a first season of Grendel for for Netflix, and then Netflix passed. They didn't do a pilot. They just said they greenlit a, a season. They saw the final and went, no, we don't want it. So uh, I think Dark Horse or Universal something television, I can't remember the name of the company, uh, is shopping that around someplace else. So it's not really dead. It's just, you know, uh, that's the closest I've I've heard of like a, a completely shot season. Uh, I, I There's another series on HBO Max that I hope, they, apparently they finished season two and then we're told it was not good, ever going to be shown on HBO Max, was Minks. Not your run-of-the-mill, yeah. certainly not a fanboy planet uh, staple a kind of series, but I found it really entertaining. Season one, I was looking forward to season two. It won't kill me if I don't ever see season two, because it, it ended very satisfyingly. But, you know, it's just my heart breaks, uh, perhaps a bit uh, hyperbolically there, but I feel bad for all the talent that put their effort into creating these things. Yep. And it's one thing if you, you wrote a screenplay and they said, yeah, and then they canceled it. It's one thing if you're Henry Cavill, who I think, by the way, again, has handled this like a freaking gentleman. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, with the dignity he should uh, and modeled for everyone else, you know, it's one thing for him to be told, I got to announce it, but he didn't shoot any more scenes as Superman. So, okay. You know, at least we saw what he did, and that's where where I, I'm just I'm just mad about it. You know, it, the, that it's not that I am was, was eager to get back into Westworld. I'm I'm not, but uh, but to say no one can ever watch it again sucks. To say that I will never get to watch Batgirl legally sucks. Oh. And or a completed Batgirl, you know. I mean, it's like there's a, you know, I've said there's a lock and key pilot that was completely done, was shot for Hulu, and was shown once at Comic Con and never again. It's like, well, I'd like to see that, I guess, because people put their heart and soul into it. What does it hurt you if I watch it? And uh, you know, it's residuals. That's what people say. Is that it's not even just the the server space. It's the residuals. Um, you know that they would owe to people. Right, uh, right, so right. I guess I understand. But it's like you know, the Great White Whale right now is you know there's a completed apparently Greatest American Hero remake, which every couple of years somebody emails me and says, "Hey, you worked on that comic book. What do you know?" And I'm like, "We don't know anything. We never held. We never owned the rights. You know, we were just working on a licensed book." But uh, you've, granted, with the actual Greatest American Hero, I should say again, there you can pick that up on Comicsology. Um, you know, that uh, it's just kind of, no one has seen it. I've even talked to uh, dealers that are known pirates and just said, like, you know, can, have you heard anything on this? And they said, no, it's never leaked out. No one's seen it. No one, and when you say no one's seen it, like, no one's even bragged that they saw it, you know? And it's just like, you put a lot of money into that. Let, you know... I mean, we saw the Munsters 1313 Mockingbird Lane. NBC at least showed that, you know, and, and it ended on a cliffhanger. It'll, ne you know, that'll never be continued, but at least we got to see it. And, you know, I, that that's that's where my, my heart breaks. But now, definitely going to be thinking about who should be young Clark Kent. Um, 
I guess my thing with Timothy Chalamet to, to, <laughs> to circle back to you is I don't know that I will buy him in the dual role that that has to be. And I and I don't think that uh, Henry Cavill got to play that very well either. You know, Clark Kent was pretty much Superman. Superman was pretty much Clark Kent in his version. So if you didn't like Henry Cavill, I guess I understand. Uh, but I, you know, and I am spoiled by, look, man, Christopher Reeve, nobody did it better than Christopher Reeve in making Clark Kent a completely separate person. Uh, yeah. The guy on CW, um, you know, on Superman and Lois, he's good. It's not a great differentiation. It's not nearly as good as Christopher Reeve was. So if you could find me the guy that can play both sides and make people believe that no one would ever even think that Clark Kent is Superman, then that's who I want to see in the role. And if there's any, if there's a writer slash director, he didn't say direct it, but James Gunn would be the guy that could find that that actor. Because I still go, like, no way did I think Bradley Cooper was a choice for Rocket Raccoon. And then I can't I, I can't hear anybody <laughs> else's voice as Rocket. And I don't even I don't even realize you know, I forget that it's Bradley Cooper. I know it's just a voice job. But it's that good. You know, it's that good a vocal transformation. And I just yeah. you know. Anyway. So uh, a lot on the on the horizon and uh you know, I, it's, it's if you were hoping for a, a gift guide, sorry, we just uh, like I said, we got it all. Um, but I, <laughs> but in twenty twenty, don't brag. No, I, <laughs> it's Christmas time. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just, you know, my I, my wife's birthday was last night, and so I was hurriedly like uh, finding all the the presents that I'd hidden in the house, and realized, oh crap, we bought too much. No, you can't have this one now. <laughs> it's like because you gotta you gotta lay it out. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not bragging. It's just like no. <laughs> when you've been a collector as long as I have, yeah. it's like and as long as you have, we have too much stuff. We know this, and it's it's just because it's a lifetime of accumulation. Well, uh, that's why I, I don't like doing um, gift lists for family. You know, give me your gift list on it. No, surprise me. No, my kids both asked. You know, well, my my daughter wants to go on a trip. Can I have? Can you help pay for it? Yes. Merry Christmas. You know, yeah. and my son wants to upgrade his computer. Can you help pay for it? Yes. Merry Christmas. And you know, great. Um, but in twenty twenty three, early twenty twenty three, we'll come back and maybe look back at uh, you know a year in sci fi. Uh, I know we're, we'll both be. I think I shouldn't say I know. I think we're both attending Gallifrey One in February. Yes. And, uh, you know, of course, there's always a panel on that. I don't know that either one of us will be on those, but there's always a retrospective. So I'd like to spend January thinking about that. Like, what was the good sci-fi uh, or, you know, or fantasy stuff in twenty in the year previously? And um, I, I will make a one TV show recommendation. It wasn't bad. I'm not going to say it was great, but uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, Prime dropped a show called the, the Devil's Hour with Peter Capaldi. Oh, I read about that in the paper this morning. And yeah. they refuse to acknowledge that it's science fiction. It says thriller. And it is, uh, but it's a sci-fi show. So I think you'll enjoy it. But it's one of those, and I understand, again, if you can't get past the first episode, I do get it. Because I didn't find the first episode as compelling as later when it got to be more Capaldi. So, um, 
you know, we can talk about it. If you do watch it, Rick, uh, we can talk, we we can talk about it later because yeah, Stephanie and I watched it over the weekend and went, yeah, this was good. And the resolution, the answer as to what's going on was something she had never encountered before. Uh, again, like watching everything everywhere all at once. If you've read a lot of sci-fi and comics like I, you and I have, you might twig into it a little earlier because you've seen other things, but not popular things, uh, you know, deal with that, with that concept. So um, it's, it was good. And Peter Capaldi was great. And I I will um, paraphrase a review uh, from the Daily Mail, I think it was, that said, uh, just reviewed the first episode. And they said, Peter Capaldi is the scariest actor working today. (laughs) And it's all in his face. And they said, you know, because his face reflects all the pain, the misery and the horror of life uh, of the world is reflected in his face. And if children were not terrified by his performance as Doctor Who, it is because they are young enough to know nothing of life. <laughs> and then watching that Devil's Hour in with that review in mind, I went, "Yes, that's very true. Yes, it's actually true." But I love Peter Capaldi. So I've got a re- I got a recommendation I want to slip in oh, here yeah, just because it's it. timely. So there was a earlier this year they released the first season of an animated show called The Legend of Vox Machina. Oh yeah, I just got the uh, press release for this. Yeah, yeah, and and. The, and it was a blast. If you're a D&D player, it's absolutely true to the Dungeons Dragons system. The characters are amazing. They're all fun. They have backstories that are being slowly unraveled. And they just uh, announced uh, Season 2 uh, on January 16th. And so if you haven't watched Season 1, you've got time to watch it before Season 2 drops. And if you're a, a high fantasy Dungeons and & Dragons uh, and don't care if it's not entire if it has moments of silliness this is the one for you are you kidding i i want to see the dungeons and dragons movie the trailer looks hilarious yeah i know it looks terrific you know Uh, honor uh, among thieves and i and i want to say another one that just got announced today and i'm not sure when it's going to launch but they just announced they're doing a spin-off of mythic quest on apple oh yeah yeah yeah. so called mere mortals which makes me laugh really hard as a title uh so yeah, I mean, 2023 is going to have some really cool stuff to watch. Of course, too much to watch. But uh, mm-hmm. if, we, if we're if we missing anything, do write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or comment on Facebook. And, uh, you know, we look forward to talking to you in 2023. I'm sure you and I will speak before 2023. Oh, sure. But, uh, but... Uh, as far as podcasts, I just know I, you know, I don't unfortunately have the time uh, to slip another recording in with all the family and friends obligations uh, that go in the next couple of weeks. So, Hey, thanks for listening. Um, and you know, uh, is it, there's too much to watch too much to listen to. So I, I really am grateful when you listen to us. So, uh, you know, thank you. And, uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboy planet. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers for good. good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatluke.com.